Hello. So let's take a little bit of time and talk about my sales pitch to you for your kids on all things martial arts. Okay, that be all right? Not the kind where you have to spend a lot of money on equipment and excessive testing fees and fancy extra fees. Um, we're not talking about spending money. We're talking about finding a really great studio where they have the best kind of classroom management, positive reinforcements, lots of other peers. So you get that modeling of neurotypical stuff. We've been in loud studios and the one we're in right now has no background music. So we've had rock and roll, loud, you know, top 40 stuff where you, I, as a parent, sitting there on the sidelines, could hardly think of myself, could hardly think. And then now it's very quiet, except it's COVID-19, so we're doing it on Zooms and Facebook. Um, and I've got pictures, so you can go back and look at any of my current posts if you want to see the new stuff. But I have a collection of photographs from about four years ago, four and a half, five years ago, over a six-month span or so. So these would have been back in the early days, the first year or so. We've been through uh, Taekwondo and Brazilian Jitsu and Karate, about four different studios. We're with a really great family-based, quiet, large room, very respectful karate studio right now. And they're doing, um, in this time of COVID-19, uh, COVID with everything in self-quarantine still, uh, they're doing both Facebooks and Zooms. Uh, so uh, my kid's paying attention, but it's not the same. He needs somebody else there to goose him along. And so we've got a friend, Shauna, who's got background in Taekwondo. And when she's here with him, he, it sure raises his game. <laughs> All right. So anyway, the first picture here uh, is we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about clinical words, but I don't want that to bore you. Okay. I want you to also look at the face. Now I've whited out all the other kids' faces uh, for the most part, if I could see them, except for John's. But not only pay attention to his body language and the face and the joy or the concentration or maybe the defeat or the sweat or the tiredness. So there's the intangible piece, but then we're also going to talk about the education, physical development piece, right? Um, I'll be using words like executive functioning, motor planning, midline crossover, auditory processing, gross motor, fine motor control. Um, I'll also talk about sensory integrate, um, sorry, uh, social emotional learning on the, on the intangible side. And then, yeah, we're back to core strength, vestibular, proprioceptive, balance. Um, but we have joy and happiness and competition in a good, friendly way. And we have getting to be at peace in his own skin and learning how to fight back. Um, a couple of the photographs are of learning how to make distance in case, distance between you and your, your attacker in case something bad happens and you've got to extricate yourself, right? And we hope that none of our kids get beat up in, in high school or junior high school or later on in life, but they have to learn how to fight back and they have to learn how to defend themselves. So again, I'm going to tell you the best movie to watch about this is the, the remake of The Karate Kid, Jackie Chan, and then um, the young uh, um, Smith boy. And it is so good. I mean, please watch it more than once. And in there, they say how Kung Fu is all about self-defense and it's to end, to de-escalate conflict. It's not to go out and beat anybody up. And when they show the fight scenes, the guy that Jackie Chan, who plays a janitor, 
in the remake, um, he defends himself and does amazing things against like 10 uh, with their own strength, much like what I think of as jujitsu, right? Where you use somebody else's strength against themselves. So it's not about being, it's not about striking out and being adversarial. It's more about just keeping the peace and uh, protecting yourself. So think about that as we go through. So this first picture here, pretty joyful one. I use this as the cover for the second uh, ebook that I wrote of him just learning how to be at peace in his own skin, how to handle the proprioceptiveness, the, the whole vestibular balance thing, certainly midline crossover, certainly core strength, um, paying attention to the, the sound level, what are, the other kids are doing. And I would frequently tell him, you've got to watch the teacher, but match the kids. Because what he would do with that delay of processing is he'd watch the teacher, watch the kids, and then he'd do it. <laughs> Which doesn't work if you're trying to manage the expressive language, you know, because they, they, they follow orders pretty quickly and their answer back. So the, the, the instructor will say something and then the kids got to say, yell, repeat, whatever they're going to do, pronto, thereafter. And so if he's the third stage of sound, that's not good. He needs to be in the second stage of sound with all the other kids that are answering back. Okay, so... It's a really good, happy moment here. Let's go on to the next picture. So this is the one with the two red circles and him working on his, um, <laughs> his tying and his Velcro straps. So we had a very kind family and they bought him a second pair, a new pair of gloves. Mom was being a little bit uh, financially uh, prudent and conservative. And so he was wearing a pair of old red foam rubber gloves, whereas most of the other kids had moved on to this fancier pair of black and white with really long Velcro straps around the wrist. So they were so kind, they, they gave him a pair. And that's him being so proud of his new equipment, right? And uh, so that's, that's a little bit of just appreciation of the universe, as well as, okay, now we got a whole new world of, of midline crossover and tying knots and wrapping that Velcro around and around and around. And it works the same thing with the booties that they have to wear. So I don't, I don't rescue. And it's, it's actually very funny to see him lace himself up and take himself off, take him all off, and then motor plan all the equipment back in his suitcase. I don't have it in this collection, but there's a lot of my Facebook posts that show him <laughs> dragging his suitcase with all of his, his equipment in it at, to, into and back out of the studio. And it's just the grace of God and all of the angels and Velcro that's all sticking to each other as far as his trailing tail of stuff that instead of him dribbling it and falling it, it falling out of the suitcase, because there's so much Velcro involved in this stuff, they stick together. So he's got a, he's got a long tail he carries with him, oh, but at least it still follows us. So that's something. Tying knots. Oh, we continue with that. And we're 13 now. Yikes which fits into tying your shoes. So you're tying the belt knot, which is basically a square knot, but not exactly. And then you have the side tunic ties, which is more like a bow tie, like you tie your shoe with. And both of those, he just kind of wraps it around and around and around and around and around and around and, around and hopes that it is sufficient, which it usually isn't. And he's also not wanting me to help, and that's fine. Um, so I'm really glad for his independence and his uh, even stubbornness in that area. But uh, it's built-in therapy. <laughs> you know, he doesn't even know it, but he has to practice knot tying and bilateral and midline crossover all the time with that stuff. So, awesome. Okay, next one is what I call listening position. Well, it's what I typed there. They call it listening position. 
And um, it's it's great. I uh, I don't get to see that enough at home. <laughs> He's in the back row, the fourth one from the left. It's a uh, uh, the listening position is is superb because the kids have to take one knee and stand uh, and stay in that position while they're listening, right? And if there's anything that uh, John does and maybe your kids do is that that need to wiggle that uh, whether it's sensory seeking or just restlessness or inattention or lack of joint attention. They're just wiggling all over the place. Now, that does not mean they're not listening. It just looks like they're not listening. But they also have to learn to develop patience to stand still, patience to wait, patience to hold the position, the muscle tone to hold that position. And if he gets so lazy that he sits down and kind of slouches, well, then that's not a good thing. And so we're just right back to as many calisthenics and building core muscle and planking. Um, even if mom gets down there on the floor and planks with him or his peers do it. And that's part of the daily warm up. So anyway, good old listening position. Love that. And you get a chance to see some of the professionals that we've worked with, the black belts. Um, if you go to my Facebook post, you'll see all their tags. And they are, this is, we've just really loved and gotten lucky, but we've sought them out and stayed with them, the best classroom management studios. I've heard from friends that there's a lot of yelling and screaming at the kids and a lot of degradation, but we just do not see it. You know, we wouldn't stay there anyway. But uh, this has been a fantastic group of leaders and uh, redirects and humorous and love and uh, uh, congratulating him or reinforcing in a good way, but not a um, look the other way, way, right? And we're not, we're not looking for a sympathy belt. We're not looking for, um, how, how poor John kind of stuff. I tell him, listen, it needs to be real. And yes, there's a little bit of accommodation, but you know, you can't wear a black belt if you're not really good enough because you're going to get the whooping of your life. So I said, it needs to be a real belt. It needs to be real forms. It needs to be real muscle tone. Okay. The next one is um, the red one, uh, two red circles, and he's putting his helmet on and off. And he's mugging in the camera. So you see, well, actually, he's mugging in the mirror. He doesn't know that I'm taking his picture. But uh, you, he just, he's very proud of what he does there. And he knows he's kind of pulling up the rear. He knows that he is not as fast. And, and, and they're preparing for sparring here, which is why they're getting the, the padding on. And we usually hardly ever win on the, the sparring. Um, and I, I hesitate to put him into real tournaments. Again, like back to t- the Karate Kid. That kid really does compete. And John would probably not compete at that level. But you never know about next, the next year or the next training session. You know, um, he takes a lot of joy in it. And he's getting, when he gets mad, this is the great thing. So black belt Cody Brooks would just punch at him and punch at him and punch at him until John gets all, got so mad that instead of being cerebral, instead of thinking about everything, instead of planning every, you know, movement he made, he just started wailing away. And so that's that jacket on, jacket off, jacket on, jacket off, put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, pick it up, drop it, put it on, drop it. And then he would, he would actually do very well. And then he hits them about as hard as he hits me when he gets mad and just stops thinking and just goes into um, memory. So there's an advantage to that. The more you think about it, you know, and for him, it's the inverse. When they spar, they typically, typically want the kids not to get emotionally engaged because then you get mad and you, you lose your ability to think and, and, and react quickly. For John, it seems to be the other way around. 
that he has the quicker responses when he's not thinking about what the heck am I supposed to do with my right hand and my left hand? Where does all this, which foot am I supposed to do? When he just starts <laughs> whacking, he actually is pretty good. So funny, funny, funny. But they, he does have a sense of accomplishment without a doubt. Okay, so here's a picture. It's the one of them all standing there and he's looking right at you with the two gloves, right? It says looking at occupational therapy in a whole new way. So, yep, we're talking about the squatting. So we have the lower body core strength. That's a hard position to hold. If you've ever gone skiing or you do anything where you're bracing your lower body legs apart and you're, you're, you're using your thigh muscles and your calf muscles, that's not an easy position to hold for a long time. And certainly you've got the, the mental part, which is the auditory processing. And again, I'm not trying to belabor the, the educational t words here, but please understand that every single picture that you're looking at here has a ton of education benefit and a ton of occupational therapy benefit, even physical therapy. Um, and to a certain degree, the oral motor, the speech language pathology benefit, because they've got to listen, they've got to react. And I've told you earlier that they need to look at the instructors and then match the kids. So this stuff's processing pretty fast and with a lot of noise, a lot of background noise and a lot of kids grunting and yelping. And so he's got to really focus on what they're saying to do, try to keep his form. At the same time, he's got left-right confusion. So almost all the time you hear him say, other foot, John, <laughs> other hand. So everybody's starting off, almost everybody there is doing their right foot and he's on his left foot. So he's always just 180 degrees the other way around. And sometimes they let him get away with it. And other times it's because that would be his natural um, uh, movement if he ever had to defend himself is that he would, as long as he moves left, right compared to the opponent, then it, it doesn't really matter so much that he's missing the exact form. And you see, the thing about the forms, you would call it the pantomime, or you might call it the miming, or the, the dance of it, per se, is that what they really are, are are physical moves. They're fighting, except we're not supposed to use the fighting concept, the more like self-defense. They're moves. And so just like in the movie Karate Kid, where he puts the jacket on, jacket off. Or if you saw the first movie, which it was wax on, wax off. So you got your left movement, your right movement, your counter, your drop, your all of those things. Watch the movie. It's way better than me trying to explain it. Uh, then you have um, uh, the, um, anyway, the, the, the speed of it and the processing and the awareness and the um, quickness without thinking. So, okay, moving on. But that's, that's a cute look. You got <laughs> to admit, poor John. <laughs> uh, but, but he wouldn't quit. He, you know, there's, he gets scared and tired and, and lazy sometimes. But once we get there, he's fine. He hardly ever, for years now, he's hardly ever tried to whine his way out of not going. So that's great because we're not going to quit. <laughs> okay. So the next one, oh boy, now we got a whole bunch of new tools. One thing that, that did happen when we were at this Taekwondo um, uh, particular studio, the first one we began with, they had a lot of tools, uh, performance weapons. So this one you'd call like a broomstick, except it's got a fancy name in Korean, but I don't remember. And then they've got a, a fake sword, which is, they, they love whaling that sword around. And then they've got like a foam rubber whacker, which has got another fancy Korean name. And then they've got nunchucks, show ones, and, and then regular every day. So <laughs> fancy or not fancy. Um, 
And if you've watched uh, the uh, the second movie in the remake of um, the Jumanji, when um, they uh, the character in the movie, the female that's the man eater, and her she does a nunchuck routine, <laughs> and you go, wow, that's awesome with the nunchucks. Um, so the kids get a chance to see a real live reason for that. But those poles, that's a whole new thing of bilateral and a whole new way of looking at midline crossover. They're spaced a little bit further apart. And then they've got to, they've got to pay attention to both ends of that stick. It's not just their hands. They say ultimately the hands are the weapon. But in this case, you've got another performance or a actual um, a, attack, not a self-defense weapon. It's a long pole. Okay, and then they oh they got a fancy pole too. So just like they have fancy, they got Sunday best and, and everyday nunchucks. They've got the same thing with those long poles. Anyway, it's uh the first night they brought those out, and I thought, oh boy, we got a whole new category of occupational therapy here, of midline crossover, of core strength, of balance, of um, three dimensional space. That's proprioceptive. Where's not only where's my body in three dimensional space, but where's the ends of my poker stick, of my stick here, right? So I don't either whack myself in the face or whack my kids, kid friends in the face. So it's you know like a third, like a fourth dimension of it. It was great. Okay, anyway, I got this little face circled there so you can kind of see what's happening. All right, the next picture, <laughs> it's the one that says teaching how to roll in recovery and bully prevention training. And the point here is that you, you kind of, you fall backwards to create some space because you are trying to escape. And again, it's kind of in a way like if you saw the Karate Kid, the kids will fall backward and they spring right back up again. If it were me, my back would be out by that time. But they do. It's like a um, we in the old days we would call it like a fall back and then a, 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 a roundup to come back up on your feet. It's definitely a somersault, and you definitely have to have good core strength and good balance and, and amazing strength in your legs. And that's what they're working on here. So it's not only is it evading the bad guy and, and learning how to just escape. So maybe you yell, maybe you run, maybe you do all the above. You protect yourself, and then you just get out of there. Uh, exit stage left as soon as possible. But that's what they're working on right here. And John's hamming it up. You know, he loves to spectacularly fall, which is great because anytime he does anything like with force or like the first time I saw him do, or even now when he takes these larger risks of doing a two-footed jump, he's jumping from like the top of the dining table onto the floor. I thought, wow, that's awesome. I just kept my mouth shut when he did it. And I guess maybe he thought I was going to get mad at him for some reason, but I'm thinking, dang, that is excellent on your core strength, on your balance, on, I'm not going to go ahead and jump from the table all you want, Buster. <laughs> We're doing therapy and it's not costing me any money. Jump away. Just don't get, you know, don't break your ankle, please. So anyway, bless these instructors, you know, they're just dealing with all these little kids. Can you imagine that night after night after night, dealing with all of these little rugrats of trying to get them to pay attention and show respect and, and follow along when, you know, you've got one or two and you know what an adventure all that is. So, okay. Great, uh, great piece of why the martial arts has been so good. Because you also have, you have to respond in auditory processing. And yes, there's a certain amount of expressive language, far more receptive language, right? They got to hear the words over the din of everything else that's happening, the ambiance, noise. And then they have to process it, and then they better get their little butts in gear and do whatever they're saying. And here, they're also introducing menace. 
So not that these kids are feeling the menace, but if it was a real life situation, you'd have extra adrenaline. And now they've got to process and learn how to do all these motions with the adrenaline. And it's a different kind of adrenaline than sparring would be, right? Because um, it will. Okay, moving on. I'm talking too much. So here, this one, when they uh, when they do well, they get to earn play. And in this case, there was such a number of years where John was never going to be the predator. Man, he would be the risk-averse kid, wouldn't go into the jumpy castle, wouldn't pick up the ball. And then as the years and months went by, all of a sudden, he's doing dodgeball. Now, the kid in the red shirt is our nephew cousin who was visiting at the time. So we took him with us, and John's always braver when his little buddy there is along. But uh, he, there he is in the front of the pack, right? And uh, I think he's just through that lime green ball that you see there coming right at us. Um, depending on whether he hits or not, but it seems not to bother him so much. He's taking great joy in that. Now, you've got your whole idea with the tracking and the saccadic jump, and the kids are moving back and forth on the other side. So as you're throwing that ball, you're, you're handling your bilateral, so you've got your legs moving one, doing one thing, your hands are doing another thing. You're also trying to factor in the movement, right, of the other kids, your movement as you're running back and forth, because you don't want to get hit. If you get hit, you got to sit down. So you're trying to throw the ball and, and, and tag someone else across the other side of the room. So everybody moving so you got your whole even more reinforcement of your uh, vision therapy of the saccadic movement of the teaming of how the eyes work together right so cool thing and it's fun and they don't know that they're building up their neural pathways dodgeball dodgeball baby okay here's just another it was a different night um but uh as much fun, right? And so they uh, uh, they would do this as a celebratory for the kids. And he's taking joy. Now, in this case here, he is not necessarily waiting for peer modeling, although maybe he just saw it. And the kids are now, maybe maybe they're taking one kid at a time. But you don't really see anybody else in his, there in his bandwidth. So um, uh, I don't quite remember how that worked out, that he would be the leader, such the leader there. In the previous picture that we looked at, the kids were also on the attack. But here, it looks like he's the only one that's on the attack for the time being. But great, hey, you know, anything that helps him not just be always a follower. If he can learn to be proactive and get in there and, and be ballsy, no pun intended. But, you know, I mean, that not that great, right? Okay, so a lack of fear, right? And not really so much worried about what the other kids are going to think or do. And apparently not so worried about whether he's going to get out or not. It's like, you know, the joy of the attack. And yes, he definitely has come a long way in this. He used to hang to the back and be so afraid of life, so afraid of everything. Okay, on to the next. So here we have a graduation going on. And it's a room full of loud kids, but they're all trying to work toward their belts that are going to be, there's going to be a ceremony here. This is the beginning of the ceremony. And then they're all going to sit down and... Um, or else this is the end and they're ready for the group picture. But anyway, it's been an allowed hour and the kids have all gotten their belts and had their celebration and um, uh, waited patiently while the ceremony and everybody else went first and then they got their turn and they would wait while everybody else went behind them. So loud, okay, loud. I'm telling you, loud and hot and sweaty and crowded. So in this case, his dad was still alive at that time. So he, so Tom and I would be there and uh, um, John would uh, pay more attention to his dad than me because, you know, sometimes they're just daddy's boys and that's okay. Um, 
But it was a it was a big deal, a really big deal for us to be there, and he was quite proud of it all. And so the whole point of when you move up the belt um, uh, system is that you've actually learned to form, you've 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 done things to earn the next level. That's the whole idea. So here we have um, this one is from November of 2016, so um, four years, almost four years ago, today. Uh, or near today, and uh, so he's just so motivated, motivated to do this. And here's some other kids. Now he is usually a half a step behind them in form or in following the the instructions, uh, following the modeling. So we're always, always, always working on his focus. And they'll say that. Come on, John, focus, pay attention. Um, there's this great line in Karate Kid. Uh, am I selling you on Karate Kid? I hope I am. So there's a great line in here where Jackie Chan strings out the little kid out over the water, suspends him, and uh, he says, your focus needs more focus. <laughs> it's a brilliant part of the movie. And that's so true of John, because he'll just get distracted or he'll celebrate of the moment, and then he's missed what's going on. And he'll be too busy jibber-jabbering, and then he's, you gotta, you got to get that celebratory jibber-jabber over fast. you got to pay attention to what the teacher keeps on saying, because it's not just one command and then we all sit down and we're done. We go home. It's like command after command after command. So you've got to pay attention, just, just like in life. So the more you talk when you're, not, when you're supposed to be listening, it's going to work against you. And this has been a hard lesson because part of the distress of sensory processing, apparently from just watching all of these years and trying to help him with homeschooling right now, is that they get frustrated, he gets frustrated, and then he'll keep talking and keep talking and, and expressing his frustration, but he's drowning out the instruction that would help him not be frustrated. So what we have is a self-fulfilling prophecy, a vicious cycle of, if you would just be quiet, if you would just shut up, John, and listen, they're telling you what you need, but you're too busy complaining about not having it, that you're missing them giving it to you. Buster. Anyway. Okay. Our little moving machines. Okay, next picture. All right, here we go. So he's rail thin, so we're really lucky on the food thing. Um, he'll eat or not eat, and he has no cavities yet. But he also probably does not absorb that much nutrition from his food. So we know we got gut issues. I, I, I know that. Um, and, and nutritional mitochondrial issues. So we're working on immune system. I tell you, I, I never not think about and work on his immune system and his biomedical. But here we've gotten this upgrade to his uniform, right? We got the, the, the V patch, and they, we, I just paid to have it sewn on, and uh, he was quite excited this night. I uh, in the text there it says he was actually euphoric, that he finally got not the, the, the plain Jane Vanilla version of the uniform, but we got the big kid version with the patch and the V and the, all that. So now it's an amazing thing because he's moving up the food chain. And he was not particularly motivated when he was the biggest kid in the young class. But oh, baby, baby, once he's the little kid in the taller class, oh yeah, he is rising to that challenge. And they figured he would, and they were absolutely right. Because how he saw himself was not with a bunch of little kids. He wanted to be with the big kids. So that was good They that was good that we could work together on that. We, we definitely discussed it. You know, kind of like a parent-teacher conference thing. Okay, so the next one, um, positive reinforcement is the point here. So, so they're up against the, the um, uh, those uh, tall uh, punching bags. There's a different name for them, sorry. And we have several instructors in there with the red uniforms. 
uh, the red tunics, and um, oh, John's in the red within the red circle there. So um, Mr. Anthony's given him a high five. They were very good to him, uh, and they continue to be very good to him about the um, accommodations and modifications. So I guess we would actually call it. Well, it's both of it, really. Um, it's slightly modified, and at the same time, they're trying to give him extra supports. But at the same, but also, I'm not asking him for anything less, and uh, I, I'm I'm his worst, I, I'm his <laughs> hardest critic. I'll get on there and call him out, and um, whereas they might let him slide, but I keep telling him, no, he's got to earn all of this. He needs to listen and pay attention, and he can't think that sloppy is good enough. Because what if he thinks that's the way all of life is going to be? If he takes that and generalizes it into education and instruction and behavior and restaurant manners and everything else in life, is it what? He's got some card to get out of jail free and be less than everybody else and be sloppy and get away with it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, so let's click on. So it says they're an intense intrinsic motivator. It is. So here he's got himself all dressed. They're sitting there in line, um, waiting at, in um, leadership position, waiting to be called out onto the floor. They're ready for sparring. That's what they're do, de, uh, all covered up in foam rubber for. <laughs> Except the um, they have a covering face mask on top of that. Um, but uh, anyway, that's he really wants to do that. He's sitting there waiting. So it doesn't look like much because there's no action, but I purposely leave the other kids. I crop the other kids out of the photographs or I have to cover up their face, right, for the whole issue of privacy. I'll take pictures of John all day long, but that's not my job to take pictures of everybody else's kids. So I've cropped him out, but he would be there in a height order. So shortest to the tallest. And they would have as many as 15, 20, sometimes 30 kids, maybe sometimes 10. It all would depend on who showed up that night. But there's kids to the left, to the right, and they've already had their chit-chat, getting dressed, getting ready to go. They're about ready to call everyone to stand and then come out on the floor. <laughs> you see that little face looking at us? Everybody else is paying attention to the floor. But John's always ooching to the camera. He knows I'm taking pictures. And he's, I don't know why he thinks he's got to get my approval on this because I keep telling him to, hey, look over at the teacher. Um, everybody else is pretty much focused on the instructor, but this is just a moment where I took the picture and there he was looking at me. But he, he, he will cheat. It's not that he intends to cheat on the calisthenics, but his motor planning and the plank position and the, the synchronization of upper and lower body and um, executive functioning, uh, core strength. Uh, did I say motor planning? Uh, I'll say that again. All of those th th jumping jacks. They're funny. I'm sorry, but I'm laughing. I'm trying not to show it. But um, he just he's just out of sync. And it's not because he's trying to. Um, it's just that he doesn't have those things greased yet. Okay. But um, he's not supposed to cheat. I'll call him out in front of everybody if he cheats. <laughs> I think he's looking at me to see if I notice that he's cheating. <laughs> Little stinker. 
Okay, so this next one here is this chit-chat while they're getting all ready for, you know, lining up. So they're not quite ready to, to come out on the floor. But they'll all talk and they'll get their gym bags over out of the way and they'll make sure they don't lose their pieces. And, and they have such a nice village learning approach. You know, the bigger kids help the little kids. The larger kids are usually more experienced and they take leadership positions and they get recognized for that. And then the younger kids, they might um, pitch in and help each other with straps. You can see there in the background, there's a kid with his back to us, his, her back to us, and he's trying to help the other kids strap that Velcro around. Because seriously, that Velcro strap's about two feet, and they got to go round and round and round and round and round and round. And um, around the ankles, around the wrists, it's a great, um, uh, or a great uh, fine motor, um, uh, bilateral occupational therapy, motor planning. Oh my goodness. Um, and they're just trying to get ready, so yay. It's, uh, they don't realize what it, the, the, so for the newer typical kids, it's just, they, they're muscle memory. They're not even thinking. For John, he's still planning, thinking, how do I get this stuff wrapped around me again? How, how did I do that last time? So his is purposeful. They're just, you know, on autopilot, and he's not quite there yet. Um, but getting there. And you learning how to use that body, learning how to be at peace in his own body. And then the kids do help him. They're gentle, kind. And that little one, the child that's facing him is probably doing, just finished helping. So they'll talk to each other and give each other advice. And that goes back to the peer modeling and the, and the, the, the positive reinforcement of the, of the studio and the leadership from the top down and from the bottom up too. And that pregame chatter, that's a lot of social emotional learning right there. Okay, so here we go. Ceremony of the belt signing, the new belt. So um, that's one of the early belts there. And it's uh, Black Belt Coleman and Black Belt Barry, um, Master Chief Barry. Um, three back black belts, uh, three stripes, and I think seven stripes. And so they sign the belts and he, they, you know, he's a little overwhelmed right now. You can tell that, right? Um, John's still learning how to smile on cue. I think that at this age, he's still trying to get those birthday candles figured out. And so um, the whole idea of, of a happy smile on your face as opposed to, oh, dang it, mom's going to make me smile again, so I'm going to put some kind of a you know, half-hearted grin on my face. But he's nonetheless proud. Nonetheless proud. And it's nonetheless a top reinforcer. Okay, so here we are. And I think this is the last one of the... Oh, there's a couple more. Okay, so these last two are just, again, trying to give examples of photographs that I took back in the day of him with all of this motor planning stuff of of getting help or not, of rejecting help from mom, maybe getting help from peers, or from time to time the instructors would stop what they're doing and help him suit up. Or the rest of the time, he's just trying to figure it out, and it might take him an extra five minutes. It's okay. It's worth it. That's why we're there. So um, it's uh, always a motor planning adventure <laughs> with us. Uh, and there's no way, there's no escape. You just practice, 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 right? You know what they say? How do you get to Carnegie Hall, right? For those of you who don't know what that means, it means how do you get to be, um, how do you get to be really good? You just keep practicing over and over and over and over. And in this case, you got to deal with all of that Velcro. That's two foot of Velcro there, I'm telling you. And he's got to wrap it around the wrist and then cinch it. And then he's got the other hand to do. And then he's got a foot and then or ankle and then another ankle and his belt. And that's all got to get done after he gets his tunic on and his pants and his jock and his little pad thing, right? Um, and then maybe there's equipment on top of that. So getting this jacket on, jacket off, jacket on, jacket off stuff is therapy. And we have not even gotten out on the floor yet. 
So here's another one. He's This is, shows a little bit better with the Velcro of the ankle of the boot. So it's a long piece. And I tell you, you got to go like an X crossing around one way and then zigzag and crisscross in a different way. I even find it confusing. When I'm trying to put it on him, um, uh, I don't always, I do not always get an A myself. But uh, anyway, his standard protocol seems to be get the hands on first <laughs> to make it really complicated and then do your feet when it's like extra complicated. Whereas maybe you could do it the other way around. Do it, do your feet first before you have to wrestle with your gloves. But hey, I'm not in charge of this. So um, anyway, I, I don't rescue him and the other kids might. But it's a different mindset if a peer helps. Different than, oh, I'm so helpless. I got to get my mom to save me. And we don't want to do that. And he's come such a long way with the martial arts. So whatever species you pick, a kaido or judo or, I mean, anything that involves the movement and the yelling and the peers and the balance and the proprioceptive, uh, knowing where his space is, his body is in space, and the vestibular, which is all things balance, and then the bilateral, which means that one half of his body is doing one thing and the other half of the body is doing something different. So it could be the midline crossover of the waist, so that's north and south cut, or it could be the east and west, so you've got left hand, right hand doing different things, or you have the front and the back. So depending on your kicks, right? You might be doing something with your hands, but your kicks are going the other way. And so, ooh, ooh baby, there. Now you got a whole balance thing going on. Motor planning. And some kids' motor planning is via complete. They're not even thinking about it. But for John, getting his kick up high enough, getting the loft, getting the muscle tone of his legs to kick in. And then he, he's looking around at mom, too, to see, can I get away with this? <laughs> is she going to shut her mouth and let me get away with it? Or maybe he's not. Maybe he's still trying to, I don't know what's going on in his head. He, I do not know what is going on in his head because he does not always tell me. But just to, Rhea, I just want to encourage you, bribe you, whatever it takes to get your kids out into that movement-based learning for them to feel confident in their own body. Get away from the digital. Get away from the, the um, sitting still and not moving. Uh, and even if you get beat up a little bit, I've gotten beat up from him. And then sometimes when I'm on the floor myself and we survive it, and then you learn how to take those blows and you keep on ticking, right? So if he ever did get into a fisticuffs, one little punch wouldn't put him down. He'd be able to just keep rolling. So that's what we hope. Thank you for your time. Um, and uh, we'll talk again soon. You can hear my dog. I think he wants to go out. Okay. Cheers. Peace be with you.